Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, all. It's Monday. It's the, the regular season is over with. The playoffs will begin in a couple days. This is what we've been looking for, uh, looking forward to for a while because, well, uh, we'll we'll get to that in a second. We'll start with our pre-show stuff because we usually do. Uh, Russ, what did you uh, what did you have pre-show? Well, here's what I wanted to talk about because there was always some back and forth going on about the Masters online. But yeah. but here's the truth about the Masters and the television ratings. They're up 14. percent Why are they up 14? percent Because Tiger Woods was in it for a while, and that's why they're up. I went up and looked up the two point the um 2016 ratings, and they were a 12.4 last year. They were a 7.6 without Tiger. And then this year, they're up 14%. Without Tiger Woods, he props up that sport. He does. I'm not saying they don't have ratings because they do for this, but I'm just saying he props up the coverage tremendously. Now, Peter, I have to say this because, you know, I watch the Masters, even though I'm not a big golf fan. I usually watch the majors just because of the drama. But I've never heard of Patrick Reed, and I know I'm, you know, people who follow golf know who he is. But I actually, the, the theater of the last day of the Masters was how everybody hates this guy. Everybody was rooting yeah. for Spieth. Everybody was rooting for McElroy to catch him. Nobody yeah, wanted this guy to win. And it's because of the backstory, because of, uh, you know, supposedly yeah. he got kicked out of Georgia for cheating and all this other stuff, and he he's, he's separated from so, his family. Yeah, it's a really weird yeah. story. So Deadspin had an article on it that I read today, and it's actually a really good article. Um, it's very fact-based. Uh, it's not really, I mean, it'd be really easy to do a hit job given the guy's background and stuff. Sure. It's not. It's just very matter of fact and, and honest about it but you know what the guy's ultra ultra competitive yeah and yeah. there's a lot of guys who have been successful in sports who have been outright pricks yeah he's just one in a long line of list the like john McEnroe, he was a dink yeah, he's a red ass i, I mean, mean that's, jimmy yeah. connors was even a, like i mean there's a whole host of michael jordan was like that at the beginning but yeah, yeah but then he came back years. around yeah like i mean look i loved i was always a connor's guy i was never a mcenroe guy i always like jimmy i was always a mcenroe but but there's a whole host of them michael jordan those guys he was i mean there's stories about everyone just pick your hero there's some stench to him and you know in hockey too there's guys who are just outright dinks the thing with golf is that golf has this idea of etiquette around it right and that you shouldn't have these kinds of stories about guys. Well, it happens. He's just, it's a different breed now. He's 24. It's a cutthroat world. He's hyper competitive and he behaves that way. Maybe he'll yeah. learn, maybe he won't, but whatever. Move along. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just, I was just struck by like the evasion that Spieth got as he walked up the 18th to the 18th green. It was like, ah. And, and then when it was, when it was hit, when it was read, it was like, I mean, they just, nobody wanted that guy to win. So anyway. So. Here's one last thing, because we won't get into it on show, but Eck will get a kick out of this. So apparently right now, John Ledecky speaking, and Andrew Gross tweeted that there's no live stream available, or at least there wasn't last night. There'll be video afterwards. Like, if that's the way you want to engage your fan base, Eck, is to have video afterwards so everybody at work can't possibly watch it even on their phone. Heck, I, 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 what I, what I was gonna, what we were gonna do uh, is talk about all the, all the teams in the, uh, the Eastern Conference, like what happened uh, on the weekend and and the East, and then maybe do the West tomorrow because yeah. we want to devote equal time to the West. But yeah, that sounds good. And then I thought we could do our predictions um, Wednesday know, and Thursday. And Thursday when the games are starting. We'll Perfect. do half Wednesday, half yeah. Thursday, even though they don't yeah. also have Wednesday. There you go. Yeah, that sounds okay. good. That sounds good. Let's go from there. Ready? Here we go. Date is the number nine. Number nine. Number nine. All right. Hello, hockey world. It's Monday, April 9th, twenty eighteen. 
I'm Michael Agello. I'm Russ Cohen from uh, Sportsology. I, I jumped. I'm I, I wow. Russ, you never go before me. Never wow. do. Wow. Yeah. I always let is. Russ back clean up. I appreciate it, but go go for it. I blew it. Yeah. <laughs> and that would be Peter Tessier. And I'm Eklund. You're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. The podcast comes every Monday through Friday this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. We're going to start. We're not going to talk very long about it, but we have to We have to address the Humboldt situation, um, the tragedy, because it happened after we were off the air on Friday. And, um, of course, it has just engulfed the entire hockey universe. And I don't think there's much more to say, except we've obviously put all of our prayers and thoughts into it. And um, they've almost raised. I think they've reached five million dollars now that they've raised, mm-hmm. which is which is great and amazing. Um, and uh, you know, it just shows a lot to the hockey world. And you know, I'm sure there will be more coming about it. Um, I think you're. I mean, obviously, you're the closest to it, Peter, out there to what's to to this whole world. You know, it, it's funny. We heard about it and stuff, and I had to go down to Grand Forks, North Dakota, for my son's basketball tournament mm-hmm. on Saturday and Sunday. And you know, you caught more and more in there. I mean, where that accident t- happened is about 400 kilometers, so about 250 miles from my house. I've driven by Tisdale where it was. It's, you know, it's kind of a desolate prairie place. But yeah. today when I was at the gym, I ran into a colleague, friend, and, and, you know, he was talking about it. And he made the real point that there's, in junior hockey, particularly junior B hockey, right, not even the WHL or the OHL, Everyone has a connection to the idea of the long drives, the buses, yeah. Yeah. the the trips across some fairly desolate terrain, particularly on the prairies, and even in Ontario, and even in Quebec, yeah, it's yeah. still there. Yeah. And it's a fabric of life that Canada is a lateral country. We're not north-south, we're east-west. The spaces are vast. The life on the road is just a part of what is part of being a Canadian, particularly on the prairies. And it's rocked a lot of people here. There's a lot of connections to Winnipeg. Um, someone I know, uh, one of his friends was the broadcaster. He was unfortunately killed in the accident. Um, you know, it, it's touched everyone. It's on the news 24-7 here, and it's it's a tragedy. Uh, in my blog piece today, I didn't really talk about it much. I just sort of said, you know, it's just when the time comes and you get, if you do end up close to it, these people are going to need a lot of space and time to heal. And that's what we have to give them and support. There's nothing else we can do now other than just move on and give them what they need as they need it. I've been impressed by, by the reaction of people. Um, for the most part, you know, there's always going to be idiots out there, but really for the most part, especially the people in the area, I mean, the people in the area have been phenomenal. The, the area up there, I found out about it through a, um, really early on went through a, through a, a guy who was coaching who was coaching a female hockey team that was going to the U.S. Championships, and they heard about it. And and yeah, I mean, and I don't think we don't always get a perspective of that. At least here in the Northeast, we don't get a perspective of the distance between things. You know, like we don't really have a concept. Um, you know, for me, you know, my daughter, I had a she had a soccer game on Saturday that was it was an hour and a half away by car, and that was like a big hassle. You know, like and that to to a west to to you know that's a home game in Western Canada. You know, if you're only driving an hour and a half, I mean, it's like the differences are astonishing. Um, there's just yeah. some, everything is so much closer together here. And, uh, you know, I always say, so, you know, the, the bus trip thing and, but, you know, even then, you know, my daughter's, my daughter's high school, you know, travels half hour, 45 minutes on a bus all the time. Her high school team will play, you know, everybody's got, everybody's gone through this. Everybody's been in a situation. Um, it's not, it's not safe. And I do, I do, I mean, I don't know much about the buses, but I do, I've always had an issue with the fact that buses don't have seatbelts on them in general. I don't know that that mattered in this case, but, or whatever, but I still think it's ridiculous, you know, that like buses don't have seatbelts on them. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand that law, but you know. no, I don't understand it at all, especially I, yeah. school buses. Like it's incredible to me that school buses. Yeah. How could it, that it is incredible. How could it, that it, it's sort of mind blowing. Yeah. I mean, Kids are getting up, running around, you know, obviously. And they're, yeah. they try to keep them in their seats. But how are they not – how are you not locked down, you know? And you, you have to think that that would have made a difference here. I mean, it's just – it's like you're on a bus and you're still moving at 75 miles an hour. You're still – you know, it's just amazing yeah. to me. So I hope – I really – I really – my thoughts go down to everybody. And we'll move on and try to talk hockey again and get everybody's mind off of it. So that's what we like to do around here as best we can, kind of. We try to be the relief from all this craziness. 
Um, but this is a really sad situation, and we're gonna, you know, Hockey Buzz, we're putting, money, we're we're donating money to the cause, and we've have we've, we've written about it a couple times now. So hopefully, everybody out there will help as well. And I'm sure you guys, I'm sure most of you already have because so many people have done it as we go along here. So, okay, so let's talk about the playoffs, okay, and how we got there, and and I do. <laughs> There's a couple things I want to talk about too. Like I, I really want to, man. There's so much to go in the Carolina press conference today. Uh, that that is an insanity thing. Um, the well, Carolina owner holding the exit interviews. Well, um, I, I was I was gonna say I think even more interesting than the playoffs, and we can talk about that is the the non playoffs because some of these teams that had their closing press conferences. I mean, I heard I just heard scant things about the Sabers and like Ryan O'Reilly making some comments. Um, about you know, and I I don't know the specific quote, but like he like like lost passion or this or that. Oh yeah, but you know whatever. I got that on my list too to talk about. Mike, I have that too. Yep. Okay, I'll I'll, you can expound on it, but 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 when I sit when I saw the tweet from the from the Hurricanes, and it was from the Carolina Hurricanes Twitter. Is that yeah? It's directly from their Twitter, which directly from their Twitter, referencing their owner Dundon, and the comments that you know essentially you know he wants his team to play tougher. I mean. What is going on here? I mean, powerful men have never used Twitter for bad, you know. Um, saying that, throwing out. I'll just to be to be fair and 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 nice. What's going on is, yeah, you have a rookie owner who's not a hockey guy, and he's learning on the fly. That's what you're seeing, and he's pissed off. Um, and he's obvious, and and this is what I heard from people who interviewed him. He is not just. He's coming, and he's he's ready. He is not the kind of guy who loses, and he's he's not he's not the kind of guy who accepts losing. And he comes in, and he wants really decisive people who are willing to take a chance like he's like he's taking a chance the part that was the whole thing about the gm being less um paying less but part of that is on him saying to people you know i i never nothing was ever handed to me you know i i you, you got to take a chance you got to show me you're willing to work for less so that i know that you're willing that you really want this job versus just taking a job for money you know you can argue obviously that doesn't I don't think that makes any sense. When you're not an expert in that field, nobody's right. going to work for less. That's the problem. That, well, that, but not, yeah, well, that's, a, that's the case. Not always because, I mean, there are only hockey teams, jobs, right? So hockey teams are not hedge funds. Right. Yeah, no, I know it's it not hedge the whole culture. And we know that like if that was the case, he'd have a hire already. And I am the first, yeah, yeah. And I'm the first to say that I am not a big fan of everything having to be the culture of it all, you know, like the, the, I'm not, I, I love Canada. I love, you know, I love the hockey culture, but I do dislike the fact yeah. that, that there's this obnoxious element to it to me that it's like, you know, that, that is like a holier than now hockey culture, which I don't yeah. enjoy. And I've seen it used against sure, Nashville. Right, I've seen right, it used right. against, I've seen it used against. And Arizona. every area is unique. Like every area has its own unique culture and you as an owner have to understand what that is too. Yeah. yeah. But to, but, but you can't go so far over the edge because like to me, Nashville did it right. I mean, Poyle did it right. Um, Barry Trotz, um, Craig Leopold, when he was first in there, they did it right in that they 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 acknowledged the hockey culture, but they also said we are not part of it because we are we're a different kind of city, different kinds of fans. Yeah. But but they didn't go so harsh against it that you know, and and by hiring people like David Poyle and a lifelong hockey family person, you know, like that, they really brought in somebody who knows it inside out and then knows when to use it, when not to use it, right? So. That was huge. Peter? But, you know, you're right. You're totally right. The hockey culture thing is, it's permeated hockey for so many bad decisions for so long in so many organizations. And the the idea that you have to be a hockey person. We're Canadian. To to be able to, 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 to run a team or whatever is sort of it's it's part of it's it's a, a myth that has to be slowly shattered it doesn't you know you don't need to club people on the head to shatter it you just need to prove that there are other ways of doing things and i think hockey's undergoing that metamorphosis it is. it's it, it's it, it's just slower than every other sport i mean it is baseball's it is. had it yeah it is and, slower and because you know this is better than anyone else yeah. football's starting to get it in a more way the nba's had it for a while now as well it, and and hockey sort of getting it the, the 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 challenge i think with hockey is that it's a sport that doesn't have a lot of quick fixes unless you've got a connor mcdavid 
Jack Eichel, Austin that, Matthews. I'll challenge you. Even right? that, that, that's your quick fix. Right. And, and you have to strategize to get that quick fix and time it and have some luck. But McDavid and, barely made the play. McDavid did make the playoffs. McKinnon barely made the play. I mean, even, even when you have that kind of quick fix, it's such a team sport. Um, and that's what we saw in Vegas, right? It's, it's such a team sport that you can't get around it. Um, and, and the, so what you're seeing in Carolina's guy is saying basically, and, and he's, you know, he says that we could have 19 different players in next year, you know, uh, basically no one's safe at all. Um, well, which is luck you know, with that. Which well, Sebastian Ajo, I'm a little bit upset about because Sebastian Ajo is a freaking superstar. Right. He, of course. He, well, all, all, all I can say is this, if he's, if he's intent on like shifting out 18 or 19 of his players, I hope Lou Lamorello is first in line because I'll yeah, take some, I'll take exactly. I'll take Noah Hannafin right this second. This, I, honestly, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, Lou, I, I'm yeah. yeah. He, Lou Lamorello should be doing Jedi mind tricks right now. He <laughs> should be going in. Lou is always doing know, Jedi, pulling mind out the theater. sauce that's not, that's and good. just and and if if you're in Carolina and you see Lou Lamorello's phone number come up, you. You burn the phone. You toss it out the window right now. I, like I, you, you go far away. Like I, you, you run. And you know what? If David Poyle calls you, you do the same thing. Yeah. Like I mean, just like take the phone away from him. I'm <laughs> not against, the internet cords. <laughs> I, I'm not against. I'm not against uh, new philosophies or new approaches for running teams. But see, right now, up to this point. Dundon is doing everything that critics previous to knowing what he was going to do thought he was going to do. He's doing a Mark yeah. Cuban. And this and and and, and that's the that's the problem. I don't think a a rebel like Mark Cuban works in the NHL in the current construct of the league. I don't think that there are going to be managers out there who want to work for that guy. Oh, they can. No, there are. And there are people out there. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that want it, but, but the, it's, you know, well, not at $425,000 a year. I'll take yeah. it. But I'm I'll just say this. Here's the thing. When Ted Leonsis took over as a new owner and a non-hockey businessman, he did it different. I do have some breaking news. Right. Breaking news is, John Ledecky says he has full confidence in Garth Snow and Doug Wade. Now we can talk about that later, but I'm just letting you know this is what he said. Get ready! Get ready! I'm really sorry. <laughs> get ready you know what? You know, billboard advertisers. You know, you know what? Unden could be the guy. Garth Snow, because Garth Snow should be on the phone right now with Carolina, like for whatever he needs. Just get in there, like. Holy cow! That is a crazy, crazy thing, Russ. I mean, I, I just—I mean, it's—it's it's not from a confirmed account, so I'm assuming it's right. But it—I'm yeah, seeing a lot of tech tweets to that direction, so I'm keeping an eye on it. Yeah, yeah. Let me know for sure. Yeah, please do. I'm gonna post that if it's the case. Because yeah, I gotta get an actual real. Yeah, quote I want to make sure because that—that that is ins I mean, Islanders fans, I—I I wish we could get Dan on. You know, like, oh my gosh, can you imagine Dan yeah. Betru's reaction to that to that statement? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You know, I mean, remember, remember, remember here, here's another thing. Dundon is doing exactly what the old, like I, I understand. Like, logically speaking, I understand why he's taking this approach or why he's seeing these things or why. Yeah. Sort of evolved. All right. I do have an internal logic Gross. of who he is. Sorry. Andrew Gross does say Newsday can confirm, and if Newsday's confirming it, it's a done deal because you know they they had everything on the Islanders uh, that Garth Snow and Doug Waite have been led to believe they will be back in their roles for next season. That was not. <laughs> I'm sorry, I I just oh, my word. But I did warn Islander fans that Garth Snow was probably going to be there because he is saving the organization money. That's the part that fans don't want to hear. That's the part that hockey people don't want to hear. Right. Here's, but that is the part that sort of drives that organization right now until I, they get their new arena. I have to throw one thing out there. And, right. and if Ledecky is smart, which he's not an idiot, um, the only reason that I'm okay with this is if John Tavares told me that Gar Snow and Doug Waite have to be back. Well, like, you won't know that for a couple of weeks. That's the problem. Yeah, but to me, you know what I mean. To me, that the only only situation here that makes any sense. Actually, that's not okay. Because if I'm the owner, 
I still would tell John Tavares, I will pay you. It's not okay, but chain. No, it's not. Where, okay. where they are with John Tavares right now, it doesn't matter. It's not okay. It's John not Tavares okay. has to understand he doesn't run the team. I know. I'm paying you as the owner. No, sorry. Yeah, but it, but it might not be the case of John Tavares throwing down like an ultimatum. It no, might, no, it, I it know. Might just be, it might just be like Tavares, him going to Tavares and Tavares giving giving them a vote of confidence himself and saying they're not the problem or whatever. Something, you know, or something like I really think this Garth team has made there. the playoffs twice in nine years that John Tavares has been there. You can't give mm -hmm. a vote of confidence to that. You can't. That's just. I mean, I, I mean, I, honestly, and I'm not, I'm taking I'm taking the side of the island, Islander fans here. The the management of Garth Snow when it comes to the act, his actual roster borders on incompetence. I mean, you know, they've gone for two years without a number one goaltender. It's cost them a playoff spot. They 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 had a defense that was riddled by injuries. He did really nothing to address it. You know, he he promoted from within. You know, brought up Pulak, but you know they, they really didn't do anything to address the situation. No, they have a boatload nothing. of young. They have a boatload of young forwards. I mean, I'm talking about this year, uh, Russ. Right, they, me too. No, I'm saying they had one of the best offensive teams in hockey, and they let it go down the drain. Yeah, and I mean they. You know, they're, they're, I don't know if they're managing their prospects well. You don't hear anything about Del Cole. You don't, you know, the, the, obviously the Hosang situation is is a, is disastrous. That's in flux. I can tell you that's in flux right now. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, they're probably going to have the Calder Trophy winner in Barzol, but and they yeah. have a, a group of good young forwards. But I uh, right now everything is teetering on the brink, depending on whether John Tavares stays or not. He's hoping to stay. That's his big quote. Well, he's hoping to stay. Wonderful, but you know, yeah. I mean, John, it's in your power. You can say I'm staying. He wants to see what's out there, Mike. We all know it. Well, he can't. He is not what? in power. Actually, it's not. Is in power? What do you mean power? Power. If heck, but if this may be. I no, to I'll, t I'll tell you why it's not within his power. Because because honestly. I mean, yes, he can. He can. He can always. If they offer him the money, it's within his power. Sure. But, but the honest to God truth is, Tavares is worth X amount of dollars. It's got to be at least ten million a year, and and if it's not ten million, and and if and the so the Islanders the Islanders aren't going to lowball John Tavares. They're not going to go to him and say, "You'll we'll give you, you six sure million." Because I'm I'm not so sure. That. We'll yeah. give we'll give you six million dollars if you stay. That's not going to happen. No, they're not going to do that. But the idea is, if John Tavares said at breakup day, "I want to stay," not I'm hoping to stay. Mm -hmm then that would put the proper pressure on the Islanders to make this offer public and make yeah. an offer. But he's not doing that because I don't think that's his number one intention anymore. Let, let, let's extrapolate from it's I'm not, hoping. You can, you can make a Muppet face, but I'm telling you that's no, what. Let, 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 let's, let's extrapolate <laughs> from what, what, what hoping to stay means. Hoping to stay means they have to do something to get him to stay. And if that's the case, that means they're not good enough right now. Maybe they just did something to get him to stay. Nah, yeah, well, maybe, if, maybe they just said, you know, maybe they, I mean, I, there had, there's always more to the story, you know, and it makes zero sense. Uh, and I, I, you're talking to a guy who I, Garth Snow and Doug Waite are both great. I mean, these are people that I both admire and like, um, and, and have known and, you know, for a long time and have communicated with for a long time, both of them, um, you know, there was a time when Doug Waite and Billy Guerin were, you know, in St. Louis, and these guys punked me at a at a, at a uh, in in the locker room one time just for fun. I mean, these are guys I go back with. So it's like, but even I and even Doug Waite would have to know that there's has to be there has to be change here that, that's needed. You know, I mean, even just, Wayne Dubowitz, who made who made the playoffs with the Islanders once upon a time, was a better goalie than what they had in net this season. Yeah, and that's. They finished the year with Christopher Gibson, who was third string on the Toronto Marlies three years ago or four years ago. Yeah, no, it, it, you know, it's one. It's one thing. It's one thing to not be able to address a situation. It's another. It's another thing to be beaten over the head, over and over, because your goaltending yeah. is not good and doing absolutely friggin' nothing about it. And that's the, That's that's where I don't get it. So I mean, they can be the nicest guys in the world, but again, I think Garth Snow should be fired for mass incompetence, <sighs> and it's not happening. Look, and, and then you know, if that's the case. Not then the blame for this just, transfers to Jonathan Ledecky because he's letting people who are not competent for the job running the team. Just, just remember, he's they the anti-Dundon. Yeah. Anti-Dundon, right? Like he's the antithesis of it. It's just yeah. like, it's, 
But well, yeah, I guess you know, here's the thing with that. here's the thing with Tavares. It, Tavares and his agent have told the Islanders where they're at, and they knew this before having your exit meeting with your coach and GM. This isn't news. So whatever comes out right now after the exit meetings, I mean, take it with a salt lick. Yeah, this is just yeah. this is PR. So right. we're not even worried Tavares, about players, Peter. This we're just talking yeah. about management because to me that's the most important. No, thing. but we were talking about talking about Tavares. So the management yeah. has to decide what are we going to do to convince this guy to stay in Long Island or, or with the Islanders. That that's that's the question they have to decide now. What are they going to do? Yes. And if you're his agent and you're his advisor, you're going to say to Jonathan, you're going to say here's the plan that Ledecky and Snow gave me. Here's what they're going to do. And Tavares is of that caliber of player that you'll get the plan. He's not a fringe UFA that, oh, well, yeah, we see you getting 18 minutes a night with this guy and blah, blah, blah. Oh, it doesn't happen, right? Like this is, the plan is this. This is what we're going to do. This is our off-season moves. This is how we're addressing this weakness, this weakness, and this weakness. And if Tavares's agent isn't having that conversation, he's not doing his job. He's, he's missing. Right, here's some more because you know, you know, if this was Crosby, Pat Brisson, he'd basically he'd have had Snow fired, sure. right? Like, I mean, like that's the thing. I don't know who Crosby's agent is, or not. Sorry, I'm um, who Tavares's agent. I'm not is. sure who it is. I, it's a, no, it's Crosby, one of those Crosby, Crosby. I think it's I think it's Newport. I think it's, it's Newport. Newport. Brisson. Yeah, Brisson. Yeah, Pat Brisson. Here's the breaking news. So, and again, I, I, I'm pretty good friends with Andrew Gross. Everything he says is legit. Like you don't have to worry about it. He did just tweet. It's a shame that John Ledecky would not take questions. <laughs> he didn't take questions either. He did not oh. take questions. That's one thing. Okay. Then you got the other thing. And he says, though both GM Snow, Garth, GM Garth Snow and coach Doug Wade have expressed confidence. They are returning co-owner John Ledecky's statement that all in the organization will be evaluated may run somewhat counter to that. So even at the press <laughs> conference, there's confusion. So we don't know. Uh, well, one we thing we do know, it's a day-to-day thing. We know today what it is. Yeah. We don't know what the, what the owner had a statement, but he wouldn't take questions. I feel bad for Islander fans. I continue to yeah. feel bad for no, Islander and, and you really should, because this is more than just, um, I mean, the Islanders fans have been put through hell, put it that way, and, and, and too many for way too long. I mean, going back to like, uh, you know, Long Uniondale Coliseum, what's going to happen there, the Lighthouse Project, the ownership, then you bring in this new group, then you go through this, then you don't make the playoffs, and you make the playoffs once, then you trade this for this player, then you move this player around, and then and then you move to Brooklyn, and now you got to get yourself to Brooklyn to watch the game, which is a big friggin' deal, um, yeah. you know, for Islanders fans because they don't live in Brooklyn, and, you know, and, it's so now, and now and now you're now you know you're you have your free agent hanging out there and no one knows what the hell's going to happen you know to your captain your best player that you've had the guy who's supposed to rebuild this whole franchise yeah and and, and, and honestly i i don't i i see this playing out like stamkos i see it going to late june with him not signing a contract and taking offers and get and taking meetings with other teams and if i was john tavares and i get offered 12 million dollars by san jose or vegas see ya this yeah, is, I mean, this, look, is a, this is a this is a this is a boat of incompetence right now. It the fans really are is. looking for something today, right? They were looking for a message. They couldn't find it because they didn't have it on a live stream. But that, well, that tells you Twitter. They're looking for a message. All Adeki did was sincerely apologize and said he will evaluate things. But again, they've been evaluating for a long time, and if you're Islander fans, it's hard to hang on to that. Yeah, no, let, let, let's let's transition to the Rangers because there was. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, and and, and so Ross, much happier there. No, I was right. disappointed. My, I was disappointed, Russ, because I I like you thought that that would be a battle that last game of the season, and man, oh man, that was real. That was talking about one of the worst Ranger games I've ever seen in my life. It was. That was one of the worst hot games. I mean, the Flyers had 17 shots at the end of the first period, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, and the Rangers had 17 shots for the game. Um, yeah. Lundqvist being hung out to dry. Um, it's just not even trying. Like VC on the has gets gets a clear like wide open shot and just kind of like flubs it. With I know. Any, I mean, just like things players doing things that just made no sense. I mean, I thought the only guy that was playing was Shea. You know, he's the only guy who was really trying. He played well, and I thought Elias Anderson played well. Well, it, it was it wasn't exactly like breaking news that AV was going to get fired. Were they told before the game? I mean, it felt that's it felt no, like something. Here's, all right, so here's how it broke down. This is what I believe happened. Okay, yeah. so. I believe that this game still was important for Vigneault's 
coming back next year to see how these young guys did against a really good team where they sort of like, you know, they made this new move now. They He made the most ridiculous lineup changes I've ever seen in my life. He put Buchnevich and Nemestikov on the fourth line with Matt Bolesky. The minute I read that sheet, I knew there was a problem, but I said, hey, I still think if the Rangers were to win this game or have a good effort, that he might be back. Once it was 4 nothing, I was writing on Facebook, he's not going to be back. So then we go into the into the locker room, and and I saw initially Henrik Lundqvist was like trying to get his thoughts together. He had his hand head on his hand for a few seconds, and he was thinking heavily. And yeah. so we went to other players. All the other players are not on board with the whole rebuild. Oh, Anybody yeah. they spoke to, they all want to make the playoffs. They they are coming back next year yeah. with that in mind. Now they get yeah. he gets to Henrik Lundqvist, and he says. I addressed the team. Now, the minute he said that, I was like, okay, he's gone. I didn't write yeah. it or tweet it because I was getting the interview. But in yeah. my head, when when Lundquist says, I've addressed the team, I knew the coach was gone. Yeah, that is a crazy thing to hear from a player in the locker room. I totally – that's like and, – and Especially and from Lundquist. Yeah, that's something. And the news, and the news that came out today that Ack report, that Ack reported. Yeah. Uh, and, and, other, and other outlets as well. Now about, about well let me let me let me just say this. St. Petersburg got eliminated right on the weekend. So kind of by itself is pretty astonishing. But continue. Right, they lost to Siska. So I mean but that you know that ends Kovalchuk's contract and he said he was coming to the NHL. Now I Russ, can he can a contract be signed now? Nope, he has to wait till July first. Okay, I don't know about that. Yeah, um, I believe he does. I asked somebody about that. I'm going to find out for sure, and I'll, I'll find out for it. sure. But I believe it's he has not, to wait till July. A player, a player that's not currently under that's that's not you know that's as a certain age, I think, and not and and from the like you like you can sign players from the Swedish league at any time. Can't you? I mean, like I'm trying to think back. Like I've seen players signed. Well, the, I mean, the Leafs like signed. Sign, yeah, like you don't have to wait to sign the um the college they, kids. Right, they signed this is the player. This is a player who was previously in the league. Doesn't matter. Who has to file paperwork to get back into the league, right? Because he was. But it's I, not a clean cut thing. I he's been out his, long enough. I don't think he has to. I think his rights belong to New Jersey until July first. I think right. that's, that's what I think. His rights until July first. That might be the case. I thought it was last July first, actually. No, no, because uh, it was through. It was through this season. If he had signed, uh, that's why the Devils tried to trade him last exactly. last summer. They had the rights for one more year, right. and that expires at the end right, of the NHL right. yeah, season, right. which is which yeah. is the end of June. Now, I now I'm saying all this, I am not. I mean, I wrote about it too. Everyone's talking about it. I'm still like, if I was to guess, I'm still about sixty percent that Kovalchuk's going to sign with the Rangers. Yeah, it's like, not a done deal. He wants to, right? So I'm he sure wants to on everybody. His agent floated it, I'm sure, and yeah. it got picked up by services, wire services, because it's Kovalchuk. But at the end of the day. There's no way the Rangers are going to agree to some sort of contract with with Kovalchuk when they know they're going to have a chance to talk to Tavares first. There's no way they're doing right. that. Now, it's if they up. talk to Tavares and they feel like they can get Tavares, then they might get Kovalchuk too because then I could see them going in that direction. If they're not going to get John Tavares, I don't know why they would make this move because to get an old guy for a three-year deal makes no sense at all. I heard there's no way, by the way, I talked to somebody in the Rangers and they said they, they were very, they said, yeah, we discussed it. It's obviously been something that, you know, has been talked about behind the scenes. We can't really officially talk about it, yeah. but it's never been talked about for more than two years. It's been a one to two year deal. Yeah, I could see that. And it's not so at this yeah. point, and at this point, it, but it's being reported by a lot of people and really, you know, people who are just, you know, but always but joke about what, report, what being reported is about being reported yeah. is that somebody told them right. that, you know, and that's yeah. so the, all they're doing is saying what they were told, um, in it, which could be an agent and probably is an agent or probably yeah. somebody else that is a but, two to two to five years, you know, so it's like just there's all kinds of stuff like that doesn't make any sense. But, but Peter, the, the thing is, is that if they do go out and sign Kovalchuk, what Russ just said about. Lundqvist and uh, and other veterans on the team not being on board with a rebuild. Kovalchuk signing is not part of a rebuild. It's part of a, a quick right. turnaround to to contend or make the playoffs next I mean, year. Well, even to be clearer, Mike, it Kovalchuk. wasn't all just veterans. Like Mika Zibanejad said the same thing. I mean, so unless they got the Rangers locker room of guys like Zibanejad and Zuccarello, who's a clear leader, and Lundqvist, they're going to have a very hard time selling them on the fact that you're going to lose a lot next year because they're not going to they're not going to want to hear it. Peter, go ahead. I don't think the Rangers necessarily are going to lose a lot. They've got they did well in the returns on their deal. They did. They've got they've got cap space, and they've got the ability to do some things. Kovalchuk's not a centerpiece. 
he's an accessory after you figure out what you're doing. And you're going to bring him in. He's going to take some heat. He's going to buy you some, you're going to buy some goals with him. You're going to buy some offense with him. And you're, you're going to use him in an accessory role. I mean, he's Ilya Kovalchuk, but he's also 35 year old Ilya Kovalchuk. Yeah. I mean, he looked right, like, six, but he playing against half, playing against half competition. Anyway. Yeah, he, he's and, playing against guys who can't even make the AHL right now. And that, and that's right, that, right, and that's why, like, when it was floated out there, you know, we pretty much it's it's a done deal that Van Van Reems like is leaving leaving Toronto. He's going to go out on a free agent deal in the in the summer. There mm-hmm. was some speculation about Kovalchuk possibly being, you know, the replacement for him in Toronto. Yep. But I don't know how much the Leafs would want to spend on a Kovalchuk, and I don't know if they would want to want to sign him for more than a year. And if it's a case where the Rangers are offering him two years, then I, and he wants to go to New York, then I'm sure that that's you know that's going to be the direction he goes. I'll give you an example of what what it would be like to me. I'm going to go way back on this one, but people can look it up. The Rangers signing Doug Harvey, who was a you know guaranteed Hall of Famer when he was on the Canadians. Yeah. The first year as a defenseman, he gets 30 points. The second year, 39. The third year, two points. You sign Kovalchuk, you, you're going to get some sort of points, 50 to 60 the first year. You're going to get 45 to 50-something the next year, and then you are going to get like 10. That's what's going to happen because – He's not going to yeah. be able to keep this up for three more years. Right. That was pre-expansion, yeah. right? Then he went. Then he went to St. Louis. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He went to St. Louis yeah. after kicking around the AHL for three, four years. Actually, Detroit the, the, and St. Louis. Yeah. The deal you want to look at is sort of not. I mean, it's a comparable, but not because they're different players. But comparable is you want to avoid doing what the Leafs did with Marlowe. You don't want that third year. Right. right. And Marlowe well, yeah. in the latter half of the season. No, he, he honestly, honestly, Peter, he really didn't. No, some him. of the some some of the underlying numbers weren't very pretty. But, and but, but I'm not a, saying Marlowe, not, not saying he doesn't have value. I'm not saying. I'm just saying there's reason to think that third year could be exactly what Russ described. Well, and, no, there's 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 reason to believe in Toronto that that third year he's going to be either his contract is going to be traded to a team like Arizona or he's going to be he's going to have a mysterious groin injury and end up on Robodon okay, Island. What Peter's saying is true. Like you can't yeah. guarantee yeah. anything. No return on the third year. That's what he's saying. That's now, we've all had mysterious yeah. groin injuries, and we know what that's like. So that's yes. not anything fun. Yeah. No. No. Okay. And, so- and if loophole Lou is still around, you know that groin. Oh injury yes. Oh yes. My favorite expression ever was from Mike Emmerich when saying uh, Mike Emmerich one point was. Uh, Saying you know this guy's a groin injury, this guy's a groin injury, and he he said raise your groin if it's not pulled. That was the uh, now great joke. I, I have to say because we talked about it on on Friday, I, I, and I am I am proud of the Columbus Blue Jackets because what was it, Russ? They and sat the Devils. Six. Can we talk about the Devils too? Well, yeah, we can talk about the Devils, but I, 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 I they both wondering. ran, they turned and ran. Okay, both the ahead. Devils and Blue Jackets turned and ran from the Pittsburgh. No. Pittsburgh. I'm sorry. Avoid the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, no, I. You know what? They. I. I think once more than one team did it, I think it was fine. Once right. the Flyers won that game, because that 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 you know that changed everything. So the once the right. Flyers were in third in third place, neither team wanted anything to do with the Penguins. Both the, both the no both the backup goalies. I mean, you know, Corey Schneider is a great goalie, but he's the backup. He plays. Um, they they don't play Bobrovsky, um, against Washington, which is actually a team Bobrovsky plays really well against. Right. Um. And um, and and then no against Nashville. Sorry, I'm sorry. So yeah, Washington was New Jersey. Yeah. Um, so for scratch that, they don't play Bobrovsky in general. But the the all you had to do was watch the third period of the Columbus Predators game to understand what was happening. It was which the most, I did. It which was I the did. worst period of hockey I've ever seen played. It was it was equivalent to preseason at its worst. You know, um, it was both teams dumping and chasing the puck. All the time, no one following up on anything. The Predators not willing to like get hurt at that point, of course, because what's the point? Uh, the Blue Jackets really not wanting to tie it. Um, now, it, was Tort- it wasn't Tortorella with the Rangers at one point and won a game that forced that, that put him into a playoff against the Penguins. I was trying to remember this in my head, but it, it, or if it, it was. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, you mean because of the know. win? Yeah, because like on the last day of the season, it was that Vino. That I don't remember that. Maybe it was maybe it was Vino like two years ago, right? Where the Rangers went out and actually won a game and ended up playing the Penguins. Yeah, I think that was with Vino with the Penguins, and then they won Game Seven in Pittsburgh. Right, right. No, I think it was I think it was a couple years ago because they lost the series. That was when they got beaten by the Penguins pretty bad. It was was not the one they lost the series. They went Detroit, Philly, Boston. Most of the years, Mike. 
Yeah, Detroit, <laughs> Philly, Boston, and um, Detroit, Philly, Boston, and the Rangers all like in the last weekend of the season could make the playoffs, and you know, and the Rangers ended up winning. Yeah, I do remember that scenario, whatever year that was. Yes, and the Penguins went on to win the Stanley Cup, but and so I, I, you know, and I'm not saying that torts would ever lose a game and i'm not even saying you can you can ask a team to lose a game but i'm just saying that there was a definite and i can't even blame a team for losing a year. your percentage of winning went down when they took those guys out that's it's, what it is. i'm sorry i it's smart when 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 it you can, smart. i have no problem with it yeah when you continue to get your butt handed to you by a particular team and you have a chance to avoid that team in the first round of the playoffs and you and to play a team you have a chance of beating I'm doing it. I'm not saying I'm throwing the game, but you know that's why I said find a find a Columbus accountant and put him in goal because that would that would have made a whole bunch of sense. I was upset with New Jersey. Well, because, you're playing the Jets. Yeah, 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 because New Jersey. I really yeah, unless you're playing the Jets. I, I was upset with New Jersey because New Jersey legitimately has played the Penguins incredibly well, and I thought yeah. that we I thought we'd get a great series. Now New Jersey also has played Tampa really well, right. so. You know, New, New Jersey, like I said, I've said, been saying for weeks, New Jersey's is the terrifying team at the bottom because they had a good, you know, half decent record against Boston, but they they won all their, they won, they swept both Pittsburgh and Tampa this year in the regular season. So well, talking about craziness. So, I mean, they're going into Tampa with, they're having swept Tampa. So, well, the way, the way, the way, the way things played out in the Atlantic this weekend was, it wasn't hilarious. It was just, first of all, you know, that makeup game. Um, it was really unfair to the Bruins because the Bruins played five games in eight days. Eight they played, days. They, played they played two, I think they played two back to backs in the week. Yeah. But, but, but the, the, the Panthers did the same thing. Panthers played a crazy. Well, I, I, I know, but, 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 the, and the Panthers ended up being, being out of it at that time. You know, like if you talk about the worst period that we saw, it was the third period Flo with Florida and Boston yesterday where Boston was out shooting them 22 to three. Well, you yeah. got to remember Barkov was out those last two games too right i mean you know they were they, they were and, and it was luongo of all people well from, no reimer no, got hurt it's right got hurt. Got hurt. but luongo's making all these saves in the third period yeah um, and luongo um you know who like with the joking you know always was always couldn't stop a beach ball in boston in that stanley cup final a few years back right stoning well, the bruins through that whole end of the game well the, fu the funny thing was you know, tampa you know and Everybody who was enthused about Tampa going to the Stanley Cup final, there, there are reasons to to hesitate right now because yeah. they played they played back to back Friday Saturday. They played Buffalo and they played down to the Sabers. The Sabers were losing four to two in the second period. Tampa had that game I think wrapped up and they let Buffalo back into the game. And Buffalo was playing fast and loose. They were playing them all the rookies. Nealander was playing. Middlestat was playing. They you know they came back, took a five four lead going into the third period, and Tampa finally woke up, scored two goals in like 35 seconds and ended up winning the game. And then they play Louis Domingue yep. at, in the second of back-to-back -back in Carolina and they get a, a late goal from Palat to tie the game and get a point. And when Boston Which, beat yeah. Ottawa, I'm thinking, okay, all Boston has to do is, you know, Florida is going to mail it in on Sunday. Well, Florida didn't mail it in. And, that, and that's the thing. Yeah. But, but – you know, Boston had chances to win that game, but I think they were so spent in the fifth fifth game in the last eight days that they really had nothing left to come back with. And you know, it's it was it was and it Florida was, was good, man. Florida was Florida was Florida was so good down the stretch. I mean, they they had a three game losing streak like with about a week ago, right? And that that was just that killed them. Otherwise, I mean, Florida is too good to not be in the playoffs. That team, when you watch them play, I mean, they just I mean they they beat Boston twice, you know. In in what three or four four days or whatever it was yeah twice in the last three or four days yeah so I mean and and they and and they just when they played they're so fast they're so quick they got so many great young players I mean that that's the best team I've seen not make the playoffs in a long time well well those two teams at the top of the Atlantic Division both like hobbled into the playoffs Boston yeah. lost four of their last five yeah. they lost to Philadelphia they lost to Florida twice and they lost to Tampa and then Tampa you know they almost lost to Buffalo. Uh, and, and they, they lose in overtime to Carolina. It, you know, I, we don't know the status mm. of Stamkos going into the playoffs. I mean, nobody they, does. Yeah, nobody does. They sat on the last three games. Well, so, talking to somebody there that he's going to be fine. He's going to play. Um, well, we, we, we know he's going to play. The question mm -hmm. is, what Stamkos is going to play? It could be 60% Stamkos, and that's better than most people out there. Yeah. But honestly, 
that team needs on based on what I what I've seen over the last few weeks, they need a hundred percent Stamkos because Vasilevsky yeah. is not the Vasilevsky from early in the season, and they're not playing. Well. No, but he still had a really good year. He did. He, did. he had a great year overall, he but and he saved a lot. He had the most saves in the league. Russ, he's not going to be a top three in the Vezina. He's not going to be the fine and a finalist. And what I thought that was. Uh, a I don't know about that. Well, Re Rene Bobrovsky, Halabak, Halabak. I mean, Halabak will definitely be in there. Yeah, I think I think Bobrovsky might be on the short end on that one because I, I think Vasilevsky made a lot more saves than Bobrovsky did. Flurry. It's between Rene, Flurry, and Hellebuck. I think that would be my bet. Yeah, Hellebuck's definitely in there. I I voted yeah. Hellebuck as one of just, the uh, two All Star goalies. I, I do. Go ahead, Peter. Yeah, I mean, just because he set a record, right? Like, I mean, you got to give some props to that. Yeah. Not, I mean, it's it, and it's a big record. Like, it's not an easy record to. No, do. it's a hard record, actually. Yeah. There is one more bit of breaking news, and this is important because this is also going to affect the John Tavares situation. So Brian Heyman, a reporter out of New York, did get a quote out of John Ledecky and asked him about the new proposed 17,500-seat arena in Ronkonkoma, which is out on Suffolk County. They showed a picture of it today online. I saw it, and he said, I don't have a reaction to that. We're completely focused on Belmont. But I can tell you now that I don't know what's going on and why there's another arena going up, and all that can do is slow down the Belmont arena. That's the way I see it. They're gonna they're gonna build one in Suffolk. Yeah, further away. It. It's proposed, Mike. On Long Island, proposing what? is like you know, like being engaged for ten years. Yeah, which a lot of girls on Long Island are. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I wanted to um, <laughs> throw out something. Wow. Sound effect. I wish I had that room. I know. Shot. I dated. I dated a girl from Atlanta for a while. So. I that sort of just flew right over my head, and then yeah, whoa. Um, yeah. No, I, I just know. You know, I mean, all you have to do is watch reality TV to know that, right? Come on now. Um. So I want to try something with you guys because you know I think we've gotten we've gone through this pretty well now. We know who's playing who. Um. We're going to get into the previews of that. But um. What if the playoffs were one versus sixteen? All right. So just because because I mean I just think it's kind of a fun little experiment to do. Um, and who would be playing who? Okay, so in this case, because I don't think one versus sixteen is the way to go, but I do. It no. is. It is. It is interesting because you do get a. You definitely get a more. Um, I mean, it definitely matters more, and you get more of a lopsided. I mean, we're we're all we're all old enough to remember the. Oh one yeah, yeah. You, you, do you remember and those it was the best of five series or two? Remember that was. Oh, the other no, no, no. And originally it was best of three. Best, best of three, yeah. Best of. Three. I remember. I, re I remember. I remember a, a lot. You know, Buff, uh, Toronto, Atlanta. Uh, you know, there was a Toronto, Los Angeles first round, I think in 77 or 78. I mean, uh, Buffalo, Minnesota in the first round, a best of three, and, you know, just a, it's bizarre matchups. So the first matchup I give you the national predators hosting the Florida Panthers one versus 16. Cause Florida finishes a point ahead of Colorado. Oh, oh, okay. So uh, I, you know what? Yeah. No, they, they don't deserve it in any playoff format. <laughs> All right. So next up you would have the Winnipeg jets versus. The uh, Jersey Devils. That nah. would be that. I bet you the, the Jets. That would might be that. interesting, actually. Nah, they would sweep. <laughs> that would be an unbelievably fast series. I mean, speed, yeah. speed would be insane in that series. Jets as it will be in Tampa, New Jersey, but Jets, New Jersey, Jets would be crazy Keith Kincaid would run out of, run out of emojis. Uh, <laughs> Jets in five. Tampa Bay plays Columbus. Col I think Columbus would have a chance. Tampa, yeah, that could go seven. Could go seven. Yeah, pretty, I think so too. Um, Boston would play the Flyers. <laughs> that would go five. <laughs> whoever whoever gets up three nothing will lose. <laughs> that yeah. would go five. Vegas would play the Kings, which is where they're playing. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's the I one that they got right. The way. battle of royalty. Uh, I yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, and I'm not I'm not going to give away. Well, this will sort of give away my give away my pay. There is no team. We'll talk about this tomorrow. There is no team more unlucky in terms of who they ended up matching up with than Vegas, because I think sure. that I think L.A. was the 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 least the team that they least wanted to face. But anyway, continue. Yeah. yeah. So so far the, uh, the the travel so far. I mean Nashville, New Jersey. I'm looking at traveling because that's always the argument, right? To so travel Nashville, Florida, not too bad. Well, Winnipeg, New Jersey is not a great trip. <laughs> not a great trip. No. Um, it's not, you know what? It's not that long. Not terrible. It's, I mean, it's really know, it's like another half hour. Uh, than are there Chicago to Winnipeg direct flights? <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, yeah, what? no, there are not. 
Okay. Yeah, there have to be. There have to be Chicago to win a big direct fights. Absolutely. Yeah, Chicago win a big direct fights. You always have to include Dallas in it because then that screws up the time zones and everything. But now you got a good one. You got a good travel one here. You got the Washington Capitals hosting the San Jose Sharks. Oh, God. Oh, oh. For the first round, it's not even worth it. I'll cancel the series. <laughs> yeah, let's just hope the games don't end. They end at 1030 so they can get out of that San Jose airport before the, right. before the curfew. Then you got the Toronto Maple Leafs hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, <laughs> thank oh. God we're not doing one versus 16. <laughs> Which happens if it's one versus 16 and happens if it's one versus eight in the division, in the co- yeah. in the conference, the Penguins. The was hot dog series. Play as well. Right. And then your 8-9, which is always toughest, is Minnesota-Anaheim. So um, that's interesting, though. I that like would actually that. be a fun series. That's, that would be, that would be a good series. I, like, I always like to do that because I kind of think it's kind of it's kind of fun to see. You know, obviously, it's nothing not, not happening, but it is. It's it, I I did like the one for 16. I remember the Flyers in the best of three against the Oilers, right? That was that was the um that was before the Oilers were they were just the, that was you know their first or second year in the league. Well, I'm I'm a, I'm a little surprised. Now we had the one, we had Vino. I'm a little surprised yeah. that we haven't had more. Now, according, you know, we Ken Holland signs a two-year extension with the Wings, and yep. the indications mm-hmm. are that Blashill is going to stay. Which is ironically probably the amount of time that you know until Seattle comes in the league. So well, so, no, it's not ironic, but anyhow, Holland right, could. But, 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 but no, I, th- I actually think it, it's more. I think it affects him because it was, a one-year contract would make more sense. Maybe he can get out. Yeah, because I, I thought the, I thought the same thing that you thought. Act, but the thing is, yeah, honestly, you, need, if, you need a year. Yeah, right. You need you need to be able to like build up a build up an organization. So if he's GM in Detroit, he won't be able to do that. So I think he would, well, it won't be him doing it, but they can bring in a personnel guy and then just wait on him. It's not or, le- or unless he goes in as as a team president, you can just walk in as a team right. president, right? But yeah. uh, but so yeah, um, I don't know why I forgot where I was. All right, <laughs> um, so. The Rangers have relieved you guys. Said the Rangers oh, have the coaches. I'm sorry, the coaches. The Ra- um, Rangers, along those lines, did also relieve Scott Arnell and Daryl Williams, but not Lindy Ruff. And we'll talk to Lindy Ruff about his future. And it was ironic in that game. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, they kept going to Lindy Ruff, and that when you're watching that game on TV, it was uh. But okay, but just okay. So just just looking at the East, okay. Obviously, I think you know Babcock is safe in Toronto. Cassidy is safe. Cooper is safe. Bugner is safe because it's his first year. So is Housley, even though they finished 31st, the first team ever to finish 31st. Is Claude <laughs> that's Julian not their fault? Well, no, but that, that's what they're that's, team. that's what they're saying. On, that's but that's what they're saying on ra- on local radio. They're the first oh team to ever finish 31st. Um, is Claude Julian's is or sorry is uh, is Guy Boucher safe in Ottawa? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. I was told yes, but I mean that's still. I'm a little surprised. No, yes, simply. Yes, because they won't want to pay to hire anyone else. Yeah, that that that, that that's 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 right on target there. I I, I think so. And um, he, that's what's happening in a lot of these cases. Players do like him. Um, well, uh, some of them, some of them don't. No, I know he's. Yeah, he, I will say hard, this, but you know, in fairness to to like Islander fans, I don't think Doug Wade is a lock for next year. I think that's still in flux. I believe. Yeah, well, that, that makes um, sense. I don't even does Doug Wade even want to come back? That's like, why I think it's in flux, Peter. I think after they have these these exit been on that for a while, maybe it'll change. No, I I think I think Ju- I think Julian is safe in Montreal because they signed him to the big. Yeah, Ju- they're not making that change in Montreal. Right. No way. No, uh, no Julian's Julian. No, they can't make that change. And, no, and no. I do think Montreal though is going to make a ton of changes this summer. So I mean, I, I wrote about today. Like to me, this is the summer of. Tavares, Carlson, and Montreal. Because like well, I think you're gonna I think those three things you're gonna see lots of lots if of. If Montreal players. wants to make meaningful changes without changing the coach or GM, they need to look in their scouting department. That's all I could say. That yep. and the, that and the fact that they better lower their price a little bit on Pacioretty, because I was talking with some reporters on the weekend and the prices that they were asking for for Pacioretty at the deadline. They were, they, you know, they, we heard it was widely reported they were asking for Gabe Velarde and a first round pick from Los Angeles. You know, they're looking for young centers, and you're not going to get a young, like 20, 21 year old yeah. center for a good winger who's got one year left in the that contract. Was it's a by, rental. That was reported by Montreal. And, Los you know had nothing to do with that. I think during the moving up to the deadline, we were all pretty certain that given Pacioretty's contract, what they wanted, because we, you, that had been out there for a little bit, that the ask was high. 
um, that this is an off-season move when there's a lot more flexibility. So that doesn't surprise me that they're going to hold on to it for a little bit, like Mike, to, to keep the price high until they understand what else is out there, right? Like, yes. there's no reason to back down from that. Whether they should, that's a different story. Right. But, so, you know, they might as well keep it high. So, Russ, Because think- playoffs is when you get exposed in an area and all of a sudden a GM thinks, if I solve this problem, right? here's how I solve this problem, I'm okay. And weird deals happen. So, Russ, you think you think weight is safe in in? No, I'm saying I think I think they're going to want to talk to him, and he's going to want to talk to them. And then at the end of the day, we'll see if they all still agree. That's what I'm saying. Okay. What about Bill Peters? Yay or nay? I thought originally nay, and I guess because Dundon spoke today, maybe it'll take a couple more days to figure out what's happening with Peters. I still think he might lose his job. I think he will because I think that I think any because you're talking and and I don't think it's necessarily fair to use his job. No, no, I think he's a good coach, but I just think yeah, somebody's gonna gonna, somebody's gonna get a good somebody's gonna get a really good coach from him. Like he's gonna he's gonna end up being you know, and you can see him. I can see him ending up back in Detroit at some point. You know, like I can see that. Well, I I was I I was gonna say honestly, if if he loses his job and he doesn't get a coach head coaching job with another team. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up an assistant coach in Toronto. He he's very close with Babcock. Uh, one of the one of their assistants, DJ Smith, is a, a candidate for head coaching jobs. Um, he's being you know he's yeah. well, well thought of. And if they if he leaves, I wouldn't doubt that Peters could go to Toronto for a year or two. If he doesn't go to Detroit, though, because I think I think that well, I think well, definitely... all, well it all depends if you know, if they keep Blashill, they're not going to bring in Peters to to like hang around yeah no i know the rangers brought lindy ruffin yeah they might they might it depends if there's any if there are any openings you know or not like um if you're going to be an assistant coach you want to be an assistant i think he'd rather be an assistant coach i don't think he wants i think he's worked pretty hard to get out from under the babcock thing so i'm not sure that that would be the greatest move now now do you think do you think hackstall is safe now that philadelphia made the playoffs yeah no he's totally safe he was safe even though they didn't make the playoffs Um, right i mean here's the thing about dave hackstall at the end of the day with all the picking on this guy he has made the playoffs two out of three years in a rebuilding situation. His job is very safe. I I, I will go on a limb and say this, and this isn't exactly a, a risky proposition here. If Columbus beats Washington, Barry Trotz is fired. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's I, probably I, the case. I, I think that's safe. I think that's accurate. And, and I'll, I'll, uh, we'll talk more about that series, but I have uh, I do I have heard a little bit more today that Hope is going to be the guy. Um, and it's not going to be Grubauer. Um, well, yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, a lot of people, like, you know, even last night I was watching NHL Tonight, and all three people said it's going to be Grubauer. Um, you know, but I think that I, I, I've i heard today that, that it, I mean, I hope he has an unbelievable record in the playoffs. I mean, unbelievable, not record, but unbelievable statistics in the playoffs. Like his, right. yeah, his offense just It's not his fault. His team doesn't score. Here's an amazing statistic yeah. for this year, though. He yeah. had no shutouts. Zero. And yeah. he got and he got pulled from a game. I think it was eight times. Yeah, I mean they could they could move away from him, but I think you start off with him. And uh, well, yes, you start off with him, and if he falters, then you go to Grubauer. And if he fall and if he falters, and they go to Grubauer, then Holpe I think becomes a trade commodity in the off season. So before we end this thing, um, I want to talk about um, O'Reilly here, um, like we talked about earlier, and some of the crazy quotes coming out of this article today. It was in the Buffalo News. Can um, I can I just can I, I just, uh, just breaking news again? Jeff yeah. Molson making comments at the, mm-hmm. the Montreal Canadiens. He says status quo is not acceptable. Okay, yeah. great. Well, what are you going to do if if John Tavares will not go to Montreal, which I don't mm-hmm. think he will? What are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? Because that be otherwise it'll be status quo. Tra- yeah, trade carry price. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants ten and a half million dollars. Right. Shea Weber. Right. Here's the thing with Molson. Molson is so hands off that this is just his way of putting a public message out to help deal with things. He is so far away from hands on. Um, A really good friend of mine is very good friends with Jeff Molson. He's a Winnipeg guy, but he lives, he's from Montreal. Like he goes to Montreal and he and Jeff go out and they hang out. Like I, I hear a lot about Jeff and Jeff's like, I got other things to worry about than the up and downs of a, of a team. Like I've got stuff like, I, you know, he's got a business to run and the team is the team. 
but he's there because it's Montreal and you got to say some things once in a while. And, you know, that's Jeff's way of just saying, hey, things got to change, get the public, you know, and I bet you that's been said simply because it's agreed upon to be said. He's really hands off. Um, you know, again, the anti, the anti Dundon. Yeah. Now I, uh, X off the line here. I wanted to, I I didn't want to interrupt him about O'Reilly because I wanted to talk about that before we go, but I, I didn't see the exact quote, but all I know is I heard other reporters talking about O'Reilly and his comments. And I mean, uh, honestly, the Sabres, you know, their, their uh, locker clean out and their comments. I mean, obviously nobody's happy with finishing 31st overall, you know, that they, the organization realizes that, that changes are going to be needed. Okay. Ak, what, what, okay. what did the, what, All right, here we go. So sorry about that. Um, got a little package man coming to my house. There. Uh, we're in the mindset. This is, this is O'Reilly. We're in the mindset of just being okay with losing. I feel it too. I think it's really crept into myself over the course of the year. I've lost myself a lot where it's just kind of get through just being okay with not making a mistake. That's not winning hockey at all. And it's crept into all of our games. It's disappointing. It's sad. I feel throughout the year, I've lost the love of the game multiple times. You need to get back to it because just it's just eating myself up and eats the other guys too. It's just eating up us up and it's tough. Um, so this is, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is a, you know, this is a guy who used to say, you know, they, then they brought him in because he was a guy who hates to lose, you know, like he was a really character type guy like that. Right. But when, when you get beaten over the head constantly and there's the, I mean, literally this year with the, the losses on their defense, with the inconsistent goaltending with, you know, injuries, losing Eichel for a time. I mean, they just, everything that could happen that was bad happened. Right. So, and, you know, I can understand the mentality of a player who just is, you know, sickened by losing and is almost, almost feels powerless to be able to change it. He's going to the world. He's going to the world championships. He's, um, you know, for Canada, he's hoping that that kind of helps get his uh, love for this, for playing back. Um, you know, it's funny, like the culture losing kind of comments, you know, we've heard that out of Edmonton. Yeah. We, it was a little bit in Winnipeg too, for a while, even though they did have that one playoff appearance in 2015, there's a little bit that was seeping in here. And one of the things Paul Maurice did to address it, and this is sort of looking in hindsight was he said, we've got our youth injection happening. So we're going to let you guys play. And if you guys don't win, you're not going to hear about it from me. You're going to hear about it from the learning point, but you're not going to hear about it from the, the W or the L in the column. And he allowed the guys to play hockey and make mistakes and, but be hockey players. And one of the things, and this is last year, actually. And one of the things he said was, is I'm not trying to teach these guys offense. I, the, the offense comes to them. Yeah. Well, Oh yeah. He goes, we've got to help them in the other things and let them make their mistakes so we can show them what not to do. Yeah. And I think part of the problem is, is when you have guys like O'Reilly, who's still relatively young, but then you have the Eichels and all the youth in Buffalo, yeah. you get too caught up on the W's and L's. And rather than letting these guys play and just fix the stuff you need to fix and not worry about the things that their, their God-given talents and know-how knows what to do. I think, I think you got to let them enjoy the game. Yeah, yeah, I think the, I think the problem in Buffalo is that they brought in players for leadership, and either the players were injured or not leaders, and that stunted their growth. Kane, Bogosian, Josh wow. Georges, Cody Franzen—they brought this group in of mid twenties, even thirty-year-old, thirty-year-old guys. You know, Brian Gianta for for a time, and it really didn't help. You know. Um, the maturization process for of yeah. those young players. And now I think they really have to go back to the drawing board and do that again, but get the right people because they need leaders. They need veterans who can show and show by example, what you need to do to be an effective NHL player. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, crazy stats for today. So I kind of like, that all five branches that joined the league after 1997, Nashville, Atlanta, Winnipeg, Columbus, Minnesota, and Vegas are in the playoffs. So like the, the, the latest That's five really teams, cool. the latest five teams to be in the, in the NHL are all in the playoffs this year, which is really, really rare. Um, the other thing I liked about how someone, someone sent me this from Reddit, which is really good that, um, and we have what three, uh, four of the original six teams that are not in the playoffs. They're not in the playoffs. Right. Um, that, the that you know Canada's team is is the uh, is the Vegas Golden Knights, which is a uh, sixty one point five percent Canadian, um, the most Canadian of any 
of any team in hockey, which is pretty nuts um, as far as just straight up Canadian. And the other thing that was really, really interesting along those same lines, because I always like this kind of stuff. Um, this year, there were 98 Swedes playing in the NHL, which is the highest, uh, highest amount ever from a country besides, you know, Canada or America for a specific country. So 98 Swedish players in the yeah. NHL. So uh, we'll get into more of this fun stuff tomorrow in the next couple days. Um, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the West tomorrow. Yeah, we'll talk about the West tomorrow. And then and then on, on Wednesday, we'll we'll go right into the into the playoff predictions for Wednesday and then Thursday the same. Um, I know some of them are going to be crazy wacky. And uh, we're also I also wanted, I also was doing something. I was going through our predictions before the year to see where we got. We'll talk about that oh, later. That'll be that'll be good. We should do that on Wednesday or yeah, on, 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 on Friday. On Friday, yep. Because but we can see you see what we got wrong, what we got right. Um, <laughs> I was even trying to take some video out and make a little edit edited montage for us, which I think might kind of be fun for our prediction show because we all said some really ridiculous things. And well, I know things. I know I got one right. I know I got one right. It was Ottawa. Yeah, no, you're right with I Ottawa. Can't even remember that. Ugh. Oh yeah, yeah. There's some good stuff in there. Really good stuff. Um, but for now, um, hopefully, you know, have, we only have two more, we only have tonight and tomorrow night, hardest nights of the year, because then Wednesday's Christmas begins. And then we have a great two, two weeks, um, of solid, solid of, of awesome hockey ahead of there. So yeah. enjoy your, get as much stuff as you have to get done. All your chores done tonight, and tomorrow night. So you can sit up and stay up late because you're not going to sleep for the next two weeks. Remember without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you later. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.